Welcome to the pod, everyone. A shout out to SGS. Hey, Rusty, why are we uh, partnering with SGS? Uh, uh, some, some, some good people there. Pretty excited about their sports coaching courses and sports courses. Keen to make them industry ready so when people leave, they're able to go and transfer it to any kind of industries, coaching, teaching, being an analyst, business, whatever it might be. So I think, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty exciting times, really. So what's so special about their degree courses that others wouldn't be doing? I think it'll be lots of uh, real good partnerships, uh, opportunities for people to, to get into different contexts and learn and practice. It'll be, feel very applied. People will be stretched and supported and will leave you know, ready to just go and thrive in the uh, big old world out there. SGS College is the home of Bristol's higher education sports programmes. The programmes are designed to develop unique, innovative and creative sports practitioners ready for industry. Do you want to be a coach or teacher of the future? Start your journey here at SGS College and become more than just a graduate. Visit sgscol.ac.uk to apply now. John Fletcher, live on the pod. How the devil are you? Yeah, mate, I'm good. Yeah, I'm really good. I'm like... Clearly, I'm obviously feeling a bit sad. I know you've like tried about 20 people and they're not available over the bank holiday, but like I am, um, I'm willing, able. So let's get going. Yeah, Razor, Razor didn't pick up. Uh, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie didn't pick up. Dan Cox, Dan Cox is knee deep in his prof, uh, his prof talk and his PhD. So yeah, all of that stuff's kicking off, to be honest. Um, maybe we'll talk about the prof talk as well. Come on, mate, what have you been up to? Let's just chat about. What we've been up to, put a 50-minute max cap on it. You can go for a dog walk. I can go and recover from my early morning hit session. Let's do it. What have you been doing? Let's let's go one one at a time. What's the thing you're most excited about at the moment? Um, it's not necessarily most successful. What's the one that's come to the front of my mind would be the book. So oh, that's my first choice. <laughs> so, like, if somebody said to me when I left school with not that many qualifications, and I mean, I had an amazing time, by the way, so I was, like, super proud of my... Uh, my experiences, not necessarily my effort in some areas, but like um, if somebody said, oh, you're going to write the book, I'd be going, nah, probably not. Um, so yeah, just me, you, Danny Newcomb, like I love hanging with Danny, he's the coolest kid in town, isn't he? Um, and the fact that it's, our aim is for it to be like the the most bought, the most read, the most helpful book in the world around coaching. It's, I mean, it's a big challenge because there's some amazing stuff out there. So that's what's exciting me, the like obviously we're getting pretty creative with how we're going to lay it out it's the fact that it's more of a journal people are going to sort of add bits to it going to try and build some community stuff around it um just delving into the into the pages into the detail a little bit it's like super exciting i'm i'm learning loads so that's cool what, what about you in the book what's your why well, is it number one clearly you can't reveal much more than that other than project nine became project 51 and i think it's going to be prom- Project 52 pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do I like? Uh, I love the fact that, Danny, it's really applied. It's really like, let's take some long words and let's bring them to life on the pitch. Um, I love the fact that, well, you're drawing a book. You're not really making a book, writing a book, are you? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, there's, it's many pictures and sort of um, information in a way that I think would be helpful. Um, clearly, there's some words in it. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, it's exciting. Yeah, I, I I forgot that it was kind of a bit of a secret. <laughs> um, so no, that's like I'm pumped for it. I mean, we're not like known as the finishers. So um, 
And I think Danny is a bit more than us, so we'll definitely get there. Like I think we're continue to be excited by it, which is quite quite good for us that we get excited about lots of stuff and it kind of wanes a bit. But this has kept it kept some momentum. So Co- certainly co-coaching cards uh, 2018, 2019, TB uh, finished. Yeah, that would be an example. We got quite a way through it, didn't we? Sort of still based around the challenge theme, but being really intentional around co-coaching stuff and they're still sitting on my computer. Um, to be fair, they are nearly finished. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to them eventually. They just keep on moving down the list as we start increasing our list. Um, go on, mate, what about you? What would be yours? I've uh, stolen the book thing. Um, <clears throat> I'm going for Prof Doc. So uh been quite good to go back and study. Uh, hanging out with some cool people, uh, Andy Abraham, Dave Piggott and my supervisors. Uh, I've got to do loads of work, so if I talk about it now, I'm more likely to do it. <coughs> I'm actually really... What are you going to commit to, Rusty? What are you going to commit to here live on the pod? Uh, I'm going to commit to finishing it. Uh, I'm, I'm not doing it because I want to have like a push like title or anything like that. I'm doing it because I want to I challenge myself and make sense of some more stuff and yeah, I think, um, and again, it's going to be, uh, I like the Prof Doc, big shout out to Leeds Beckett. I think it's like applied, they're looking for, you know, something that's new and has impact. And so I think it's going to be uh, tied in a little bit with the book and, and and some other stuff beyond that that'll be really helpful for coaches and hopefully change coach education forever. Yeah, Doug. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll come back to coach education. Like, what's the what's the one thing you want that you've learned that you that you didn't know that you want to share? So just keep hold of that. Uh, like, what's the best thing about doing it? And I like, two things to make it better. I'm sure you've already shared that feedback. You're not like backwards or coming forwards around, sort of giving people feedback and stuff. So go on, mate. Three questions. You've got a bad memory, so I might just check in if you if you need me to repeat them. Uh, lots of stuff about ologies and like. Uh, rabbit holes uh, Jay I said to Jay the other day like Julian uh, uh, North like keep looking at my hand wondering if it's real or not trying to work out like <laughs> is it imagined so that's been the best bit like loads of that and I actually love that kind of like the sense making module that Bob does and, and the kind of humility of Andy Abrahams who's got like so much stuff in his brain that I'm very jealous of and all pulled together by Kevin so Best thing is that I think the people, the one thing that I've loved the most is, again, is the connection and the different people on the course. So it's not just, fortunately for everyone, it's not just people like me. <clears throat> so we've got people from WADA and schools and other sports and just everything, really. So that's been cool. How would I make it better? I wouldn't have COVID. So the best bits are where we meet in person. We do do bits of it online, but the, the, the in-person stuff's been class and really well put together. So I would, I would that would be that. And then, yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, probably give me more deadlines, but they have given me a deadline. It's the 2nd of August. So uh, for the confirmation of registration. So uh, I'm going to be busy for the next couple of months. And what about the, um, <clears throat> and I'm, you know, don't, I'm definitely asking for a friend rather than for, for myself. But um, so you're talking a little bit around it. Look, it's applied and it's a big sort of. It's quite diverse the group. But do you feel as though there are some grass coaches out there that are probably not going to have this opportunity just because of their either their like their past experiences or maybe some of the stuff that 
I mean, how flexible is it around how you're sort of taking in the information and then sort of feeding back? Because that's kind of what, what it is, really. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it would be for anyone. I mean, the one thing I've thought about is like, if you'd asked, if you'd said to me, I oh, do this like five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready for it. So yeah, I've had a few people ring me and um, Ian Davis being one of them who spoke to the other day and um, asking about doing it. And, and that's one thing I have said, like I wouldn't have been ready five years ago. Why is that? Um, I think I've had more experiences between then and now that have been really helpful. <clears throat> and hanging out with you and people like that. And, you know, you just get to just learning more stuff as you go on. You're like, you're just in a slightly different chapter of the book. I was at chapter three and chapter three wasn't quite enough for the prof doc, in my opinion. Maybe I can like have an association title. So, so, so you're clearly, I mean, that's why you're driven. That's your driver to have those letters after your name. Like I want more letters. Um, you know, add, add the Cambridge stuff and all of that sort of stuff. So, so maybe I can have like association with or kind of helped a bit type stuff in like, Brackets. Yeah, you can have it in like lowercase letters. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've got my forklift license and various other really useful. But you built like you built like you said to me yesterday. You built like a, a chapel or something. No, I, uh, I built a vicarage. So we were talking about somebody referenced the fact that they'd been up on um, Otterburn, and I said, "Oh, did you see the vicarage? It's a big old house right in the middle of Otterburn. You can't miss it." And he, and he sort of said, "Oh, I'm not so sure." I said, "Oh, well, I built that." So, uh, yeah, I've built a number of houses around Northumberland, out of stone. Um, Not um, yeah. hey? With some associates. With some associates, obviously. Yeah, it wasn't just me. I was. Um, mate, anything else? Come on, what, would, what else have you been up to? What sort of stuff would you want to you wanna share? <clears throat> Other than the Prof Doc stuff. Um, <clears throat> bit of stuff with Joe Lab in France. They've got their... Semi-final tomorrow, so a bit of Oyanek. Um, it's been fascinating for me to kind of remotely hang out and watch sessions. And, and it's definitely made me think, and I'm same with you, really. I've, I've had a lot of people send me video footage with, like, mic'd up and, <clears throat> and with German, then able to watch the matches. And we've been doing similar with the New Zealand Sevens boys and watch training, watch meetings, then watch matches and see what the transfer looks like. Um, explore lots of stuff, be someone who's like outside the goldfish bowl. Um, it's, it's definitely made me realise I don't want to be a head coach at a rugby club. Um, it's quite stressful. Um, yeah, what sort of, um, if, if they were, if I was to ask them, say, look, what, how do you think he's done? Like, and they would give me an answer. And I said, well, how are you measuring that type of stuff? Like, what do you think they would say? In, um, I think they would say different perspective able to help me step outside of the bubble um, and also like supportive. So I do often think and maybe reflect back on your time. I mean, how important was Blackie to you? Like having someone that supports you and reminds you why you're there and that you need to be you um, is, um, and what your strengths are and has been like, I mean, that happens with a lot of coaches that I work with, really. I don't know what your, I mean, what are your reflections? You obviously have Blackie to do that for you. Yeah, it was significant, really. Just kind of keeps you on your North Star a little bit because people do like really weird things under pressure. So, and pressure will manifest itself in lots of different ways and people are experiencing lots of different ways. Um, 
but ultimately that's what Blocky did. He was a he was a definite mentor. So he gave me lots of advice and information and guiding it, and, and then just asked some really good questions. Um, and just sort of listened to, you know, just some conversations as I was trying to make sense of stuff inside my head as there was stuff happening around me that I just didn't really understand. Like, um, especially around people's behaviours, like how other people behave and how it influences you, and especially this high hierarchical type stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's what Blackie gave me. Like, it, it, it was amazing. You just giving me his time, giving me his, like his love and his care and um and but definitely kept me on the straight and now a little bit like he would he'd have some brutal conversations with me when he was like just looking me in the eye and sort of really challenging question and just making me think a bit but ultimately like he would support whatever decision I made as well so like sometimes I didn't agree with him and we went in a different direction and go right I'm behind you type stuff like this is now the We've sort of shifted course a bit, but like I'm, um, bang, I'm on, I'm in the team. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I mean, so sorry, just on that, I, and and we're not necessarily trying to get any more work. <laughs> However, it is, I think it's something that's massively missing within sport generally, but professional sport, obviously. Uh, um, I think there's a lot of like people who are having a lot of sleepless nights, really stressed, really hassled, trying to find themselves a bit. Yes, I've reached out to a few people recently and they've reached pretty, pretty quickly back. And yeah, I mean, again, and also the other thing is like almost like a thinking partner to go like, what are the options here? Like, what's your second choice? What's your gut telling you? Like they had um, one of their players had to go back to New Zealand, like just before the playoffs, one of their key players, really. And um, yeah, we just talked about that and how we could we could like tie that in with the story that their telling and their identity and, and, and actually make it something that was really positive, you know, experience. And, and then the other one I was thinking about was that last week when the, there's a big debate on, do we pick the captain and the captain was left out of the squad and actually just talking through that and what are the implications and who would you speak to and how are you going to talk about it? And just all of that really has been like, yeah, fascinating for me and hopefully helpful for, for the... For and, and just some though, I mean, have you deliberately sort of shifted a little bit to, to um, yeah, just not only around Joe, but also the other coaches? So, like, have you sort of flexed a little bit to try and give them a different perspective? Or has it just been around supporting Joe? Is it, like, have you been part of the gang? Or is it yeah, part of the gang with Manny and the rest of the team, yes, analysts and... Yeah, a bit of a bit of everything, really. No, mate. That's same with the same with the Kiwis. To be fair, they're, they're pretty keen. I love it. I mean, it's it's cool, isn't it? Like the seeing into their little worlds. Oh yeah, it's a really privileged position. If anybody kind of lets you in a bit and okay. shares some stuff, and clearly we do quite a lot of mentoring now. I mean, some of the stuff that people are sort of preparing to share, like, makes me really. I'm not sure what the word is, but um, I want to say proud but I think it's probably something else just like yeah it's such a such a privileged position to be in when you're coaching and mentoring because you like you get a few layers in don't you you start talking about lots of different stuff and if you can help a bit um, and some people would say oh yeah look remember this conversation or I can remember this time or remember this message like it meant a lot it was helpful 
Uh, oh, mate, we're getting quite deep, and I didn't, and I didn't tell you. Anyway, they play Perpignan tomorrow in the Perpignan on the top of the table, and kind of the big spenders. So it'll be a good. Uh, it's going to be a good challenge. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I mean, well, what's his aim? What's the obviously is to get promoted, but if they don't get promoted, it's like will they go again a bit? Will they sort of learn some stuff and get an opportunity to go again? Yeah, yeah, it's his, <clears throat> his second season really as a head coach and second season there, made some significant changes. And yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the goal is to go up there. <clears throat> of course, he's going to kind of continue. He's pretty, um, he's a pretty driven young man, is Joe Lamb. Yeah, I definitely got that sense in the summer when we got him and various other coaches on, like just how curious he was. He wants to get better. Yeah, he wants to get better. Um, mate, what's the. Come on, tell me about business coaching because you've gone all like I seen you the other day wearing a shirt and tie and a tweed tweed uh, jacket and stuff when you're delivering some coaching and using lots of long words. What's what's going on? Because we got to work together a bit on some stuff recently. We're working together quite a bit now. It's it's quite yeah, nice. it is. yeah, it is. I like got a yes, yeah, like Batman and Robin. Um, go on, mate. What's what have you noticed about business coaching? What's uh, you, well, I've noticed you're an expert in it. <laughs> I noticed you got like. Stuff in your car like a rope and a fire, <laughs> a fire pit and a, all this stuff that's like you're like a I don't know you're like a like the, it's like the circus in the back of your car. <laughs> I just got lots of stuff in the car that we kind of do some stuff with. But go on, mate. What what have you you know what's sort of different around business coaching than sports coaching? What sort of stuff do you think you bring? Um, I'm going to ask you that first, mate. You're the expert. You're the you're the king of business. Um, I think it's really similar. I think it's, if it's about teams and it's about people, it's about the dynamics of people. It's about having clarity. Um, so there'd be loads of stuff you would sort of, if you had two groups and you kind of were writing some like relatively big pictures or some principles down, they'd almost be identical. I guess the context is the difference. So the context is the a bit around the office space, a little bit around their recruitment and their like their academy type stuff. So, so to me, the, the, it's the context. However, what you need to be mindful of if you're working in any environment is that you, you just need to know enough context that like you're not a complete fool when you're saying some daft stuff. Actually, knowing quite a lot of their context is not that helpful. It, it doesn't allow you to kind of hold the mirror up a bit, and it doesn't allow you to be that naive expert. So that was some advice I got like, really early on uh, when I sort of transitioned into business coaching. It's like, you probably need to know what, what business they are, <laughs> but you don't need to know anything else because it'll just, it'll, just, it'll just not be helpful information. Because I was like, oh, I've got to know them and I've got to understand these, the structures and the strategies. And Nah, nah, you don't really. Like it's, in fact, it's really helpful when you ask like a tough question. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's just, go on. Having Mike on with the brokers was helpful because you do have someone who's av available for the tech tech if you do need it. So, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I'm the same. Like, I wouldn't want to get too bogged down at the tech tech. And most of the people you, you we're interacting with, their tech tech's pretty good, to be fair, isn't it? Like, they've got a cool product. They're, you know, they know what the specification of it and how it works. It's then, like, how they work as a team, how they coach one another, how do people get better? How do they interact better with their, their customers? How do they recruit? What happens when someone's leaving? Um, <clears throat> yeah, all that type of stuff. 
Yeah, 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 I agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a good way of thinking about it, isn't it? This, that sort of skills bit is... And obviously, we're doing some work with the uh, with the brokers, and Mike was uh, really happy, uh, sorry, helpful, just because of some certain stuff played out, and he kind of got it and understood what, it. What did you notice about the brokers? So these are the lads that are in the city. Every day of their lives is like chained to a desk, making decisions that could win or lose. Um, what did you notice? Were you desperate to become a broker? Uh, no, not really. Like. I chatted to my three lads about it as well because one's quite into finance and I was going, oh, look, you might want to think about this in terms of the lifestyle type stuff. I think they're, um, yeah, quite. I think they're quite tra traditional actually in terms of like, well, it's always been like this around here. This is our culture a bit. Um, not sure we can change it. People just joining in a bit. Um, I mean, they were really tired. Like they look pretty worn out. I think they're long days. I think it's quite a lot of sort of stressy stuff going on around obviously the deals. Um, think they could probably like coach each other a bit, share a bit more, work as a team. I didn't, I got a sense that there's lots of little silo type stuff goes on. However, that, I mean, that happens in sport as well. Um, but it's definitely what, what I noticed. They'd probably benefit from like a, a little bit of thinking time, being a bit more intentional around their development and working a bit more as a team. I think they would, you know, they would, it would have a big impact, I think. Uh, why, why, what have you noticed, <clears throat> apart from the obvious? Uh, all of that and, like, just hierarchy is, like, really important, isn't it? And same in sports, to be honest. If the, <clears throat> if the people at the top are really serious about stuff, then, um, then it's more likely that it'll get done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, oh, my, have I ever told you my George Ford story around the hierarchy stuff with Roy Hetty? So can you remember, Roy? Yeah. So uh, I was... Um, Where did you go and work in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, yeah, he's back now. He's actually doing stuff with the RFU again. So Roy was head of performance and we did some case conferency type stuff. It wasn't necessarily that. And George George Ford was in the room. So we were we were just sort of talking around his own development and stuff. And, and Roy made an assumption because he was, at the time he was only 17, but he was playing first team, just bought in the first team. He made an assumption because he was only 17 that he wouldn't have a view and opinion and he would like have to earn the right and all of that sort of stuff. And George, in the room in front of lots of grown-ups, actually challenged it and said, well, why? Like, that doesn't resonate with me. That's not what I think's right. Um, it was an awesome moment. I was like, I was, I keep on mentioning pride, but I was like really proud of George to, because I, I was definitely thinking of it and I was about to say something and George went, actually, I want to challenge that. And I just... Well, I've always, always remembered it because I think George is in the minority. I don't think there's <laughs> that many... That wouldn't happen that often. Yeah, which is a shame, isn't it? I mean, clearly George, George had very quickly earned the respect a little bit. He'd had some games. He played well. He was doing well through the national age group stuff. But there would still be a lot of people thinking, mate, he's, he just needs to pipe down a bit. Like, why is he talking? Why is he making decisions? Um, anyway. So, Mark has told me a story about him doing that as well at Quinn's. And I was like... That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I guess maybe it comes from the positional stuff. He's he's kind of used to that, and definitely their characters. So they would both have some, like, like behavioural character stuff that that would make that more likely. But um, anyway, I've, we we digressed a little bit. Anything else on business? What else is like? I mean, what are magic going to bring to business? So, citizen people listen to this and they're thinking, oh, we're looking at some learning and development stuff, and blah blah. Like, like, why would they get us in? 
Well, because <clears throat> we'll eventually have a website. <laughs> yeah, we kind of have got one, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, well, what are, what are the big rocks like teams, leadership, creativity, all that type of stuff? Uh, all the stuff you said, really, fresh perspective, like playful ways of kind of trying to create some experiences that are transformational. Like I've had some pretty cool calls with people that I've been working with over the last year. And, <clears throat> and my favourite question, obviously, at the moment, like what helped you? So some people reporting some really good figures, like from a financial perspective, which is sometimes important. Um, and just, you know, well, what helped you with that? And actually some of the stuff that we've done has had huge impact on the financials. I should definitely be like Blackie and saying, oh, I'll just take 10% of the all profits. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, look, I think it's individualised. Uh, what would I think that we do quite well? Individualised, it's bespoke. So it's not like, and it hurts my brain, but nothing's ever the same. Yeah. Like... I wouldn't have ever gone and gone, oh, we've just done the same thing again. It just does, It just never happens. And the reality is that's the same as every coaching session. Like yesterday is not necessarily a really good predictor of tomorrow. Um, the same group of kids can turn up and be completely different. So it can, will. Um, so, yeah, I think it's that really. I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to speak for myself here. I feel like I'm I'm getting more skills that can help me be more adaptable. Um, yeah, that's, I, I mean, the other Friday would be good. Well, I'm sure Mike wouldn't mind the same. Hang with his team and I, Jim, like just an amazing team. And he's, uh, in my view, he's an amazing leader. Um, Ridiculous. Yeah, he's just got such a high level of like care. And I think he's got a, like a really um, strong why, like like what, why he's doing this. And, and it involves others, his family and and his team and, and then actually I think he's super skillful around his leadership he's like yeah and anyway so we were sort of like hanging with his team and it was I mean it doesn't freak me out at all now um, in terms of we kind of went in with a rough plan and we would have some stuff and we had some stuff and but you we had emerged it. it was really emerging I mean there was there was two things we were definitely going to do like we're going to do this and we didn't do it and we did some other stuff that we hadn't even thought or spoken about because um, and you're like empty chair. You've just added another. Oh, I don't. Shh. Shh. I'm not going to share it. I'm not going to share it. I've been dying. I've been dying to share it, but I haven't yet. It'll, don't, uh, don't tell anyone about Trevor. <laughs> don't tell anybody about Trevor. So, so yeah, yeah. I'd agree with you. And and, and then I think our coaching skills clearly, which is what you would expect. I think when you're used to. Being on a pitch and it's really dynamic and there's loads going on and it's like you know 50, 15 aside rugby is quite a there's there's quite a lot going on. I think being in a relatively sanitizedy type stuff, either in a room or outside a little bit with a with a business team, is I actually find it really slow, like the pace of it. So I find coaching relatively straightforward. Um, so I think that that would be a super strength in the room facilitating you probably don't want to expect too much like shiny stuff going on but i think there'd be good real real good moments hey will you tell everyone what you're up to at call 37 hi fletch we're a teamwear brand based in the northeast and we're the sister company of oddballs we've got the largest sports sublimation factory in the uk and we've produced for the biggest brands in europe over the past seven years but with call 37 our in-house brand you can now access those prices direct to the customer why would people use call 37 
Uh, if I was to pick three flesh, it would be our lead time of three to four weeks, our price, which is lower than anybody else in the industry, and the fact that we're made here in the UK. What's the stuff you're most proud of with Core 37? Oh, there's loads of stuff, but the, the key one for me would be working for a company that, that genuinely believes in its own mission statement, which is to produce performance sportswear at an affordable price. And then underpinning that is the people. Everybody who works here is involved in grassroots sport in some way. And so we genuinely care about what we're doing here. Fletch, why do you want to partner with Core 37? Uh, apart from the fact you're a Geordie, uh, great people, uh, lots of people involved in sport, really affordable and top quality. Thanks for joining us, Wilkie. Anyone who wants to find out more can go and have a play on their website at core-37.com or they can reach out directly to Tom at core-37.com. Um, mate, what, what else do you want to talk about? What else you've been up to or what else we're thinking about? Uh, I don't know. Did, did you speak to the House of Lords? Oh, no, but I know you did. What, what was all that about? Uh, I don't know. I can't, I've forgotten who connected me on it, actually. rang me up and said, oh, would you do it? Uh, so, yeah, we just are doing a, uh, like a year-long kind of process where they get witnesses to speak about. And I was on with Simpson and UK Coaching around like, the future of coaching, I guess, and workforce development and... Oh, all of that stuff. So, yeah, Karen Brady was on. That was pretty cool. Off, off The Apprentice. So I was like... Probably, <laughs> I think she's, like, famous for other stuff. Other than being on the Apprentice. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, and my mate, the Apprentice because of, the like, the cool stuff she's done. And, and my mate, who was at uni with, who's the poshest bloke I know, Charlie Courtney, married someone off Baywatch, <laughs> and he's now living in L.A. Uh, Lord, Lord, Lord Courtney or the Duke of Devon or something like that, the Earl of Devon he is. So. What, so he's been interviewed or he was doing the interviewing? He was one of the um, interviewees dressed in his tweed. <laughs> so so what was, uh, I mean, what do you think is going to come of it? What were you talking about? Uh, loads of things, really, like future of coach education, coach development, where are the coach developers, how do we do more stuff in context, um, how do we support people better, um, pay, um, yeah, just just the whole shebang, really. What was your top three things that you wanted to get over or you sort of think they would take from you? So when they're sort of summarising it and hanging out with the Prime Minister or whoever they hang out with. I think it's a mess. Uh, okay, so what, right, so one is, uh, come on then, what's the three things up? It's a mess. <laughs> they need to tidy it up. They need to, you know, like, who knows? Oh, no no one knows what anyone does. It's like, um, yeah, just a bit more clarity would be helpful, wouldn't it? So if I'm a... So Chaz? <clears throat> if I'm a... Like a mum or a dad joining a rugby club as a well, it might be different at time now, but most uh, if I speak to coaches, that they, they, they literally don't know where to go for anything. Really, it's like they'll Google some stuff, and I just think it's like lots of different bodies, not not as connected as they could be. Anything about the actual like getting into the. The sort of how stuff, the like how you would deliver, what's the information, yeah, what sort of stuff are you thinking or talking about then? It's hard, isn't it, when there's lots of different bodies, I think, like someone's got to take control of it. How? I don't know, mate. That's not my job. <laughs> You're uh, pretty certain. And then again, like, just the support of people in their context, so coach development, mentoring, 
communities of practice, whatever it might be, like how are we going to help coaches, like have information just in time, feel supported, be able to go and speak to people about problem solving rather than be often stressing on their own. Yeah, yeah, get and yeah, to, to me, I would just kind of chunk up first. So I'll go like, what's the principles around, like, around this or competition or competitiveness or whatever you want to, how you want to frame it? Is a, is a like, it's a principle or it's a big rock. And then, like, obviously, another big rock would be around environment, another big rock around how you design an activity, another big rock would be around our skills. And then I think you just sort of chunk down to some principles. And then I wouldn't go that far, really. <laughs> I would then leave it up to the, sort of the like the governing bodies or the or the people who are sort of <clears throat> being a bit more intentional mindful about it let them come up with the detail a bit but I think we need to agree the big rocks and the principles and, and I know we got lots of words on bits of paper but you're right maybe the big ones UK coaching UK sport sport England um, and clearly they do communicate obviously I mean I mean I'm not saying that they don't but could they give more clarity? In, in some way, as you said, I think a good measure would be to randomly phone up a number of families and just say, come on, tell us what's going on in this type stuff. That would be a good measurement. And again, I know, I know they do some of that cold calling stuff. They probably don't do en enough of it. So if my mate Danny knows what's going on, that's a pretty good place to start. I don't think he does, really. I think he really does. <laughs> So, I, yeah, just getting the information and the messaging out there, as you said, to give some clarity. Um, but if, they, if there was one, I'm, when we spoke about this for some time, I just said coach development and mentoring needs to be made more shoulder to shoulder. I think we need genuine expertise, co-creating and co-coaching, not this. I think that is the biggest thing that I would, that I would shift. I would... I would, um, yeah, and, and by the way, and as you do lots of, it like, you, it doesn't need to be in your sport. So you go in hockey and you often grab hold of a stick and when they tell you which way to hold it and stuff, then you're, you're sort of flying around and you're helping design practice and talking about the core coaching. So that would be it to me. It needs to be more shoulder to shoulder and definitely more communities to practice across sports would be the two things I'd, I'd sort of try and get people out their bubbles a bit. Sorted. That's the world changed. Well done, you. <laughs> what, what, what one thing would you add? Hey, what one thing what would I add? Um, I mean, I would take coach developers a bit more seriously and be a bit more intentional and probably license coaching a bit, if, if, if I'm honest. So I think there needs to be some form of, um, oh, I don't want to use the word standards, but I can't think of other words like, I think we all need to, like being a, being a volunteer is not an excuse. Um, by the way, I'm not saying it's just volunteers who may be getting it wrong because there's lots of professionals getting it wrong. But I think there needs to be some form of licensing around coaching. And I think coach developers needs to be like, we need to elevate them in terms of their standing within society. They need to be seen like policemen or like nurses, just people are like really helpful, really skillful. So they would be it. And then, as I said, there's uh, shoulder to shoulder things. Like we need expertise on the pitch. Like we need modeling. We know how people learn. And, and one of the real um, um, important ways of sort of improving and getting better learning stuff is to sort of observe and just to do it, be doing it together. Like I've never really found it that useful when people give me information. 
after the event, quite frankly. And apologies to those who have done it. It's probably had some impact, but really very little. The biggest impact I have is in the moment, getting blacky, outstanding, shoulder to shoulder, giving me live feedback, like, why have you said that? I'm not sure about that. That's brilliant, Fletch. That type of stuff. That's what I would do. Uh, expertise on the pitch, co-creating, co-coaching. Um, so, like, stop stop this observationally type stuff that, you know, I'll send you an email in two days' time. Well, thanks very much, mate. Like, it's not that helpful. That's it. Oh, a bit of a soapbox. Apologies. Yeah, about that. that was good soapbox from you. <laughs> I do sometimes like to get on the soapbox. Um, mate, um, what about the app? I mean, we, we just did a little recording before this just to sort of say, look, we're, we're getting together on the 14th. What's exciting about this player development app and its sort of potential? and <clears throat> Connection between players and their parents and players and their coaches. Stuff that is, yeah. like, <clears throat> not that well done, in my opinion. Um, coaches blissfully unaware of what play, what's meaningful to players, what they love, you know, all that stuff. <clears throat> and again, like, I've coached um, teams where I'm thinking, have they got to this age? And, like, some of these people have been playing for, like, 10 years. And they still can't pass off one of their hands. Like they can't, they can only do like their one, three, seven, and eight times table. They can't do the other ones. I think that's a bit strange. So, also to ensure that we, I, I think it'd be a good way of keeping kids in sport because they'll be more uh, competent. And I think that'll uh, help with their confidence. Anything else? Um, I don't want to. I don't want to go into it too much, really. Got, obviously, we've got. To, we're trying to get it done in the next couple of months. But yeah, those are the, those are the bits that I, I think are class. And obviously, using lots of the kind of learning principles and gamifying some stuff to make it like really exciting for the kids is going to be. Yeah, I mean, the people I've spoken to are really excited about it, and more and more people are actually starting to reach out to me about it. I've heard about this, and can you send me some details on it type stuff? Yeah, mate, I'm going to be, like, really bored. I think it's, like, uh, I think it's going to not sort of evolve the game. I think it's going to revolutionise the, the experiences, basically, of, of everybody. So parent, coach or teacher and player. Um Clearly, we're using some principles around the digital video game stuff, so levels, challenges, um, powers up, feed, you know, all that sort of stuff that's really, really powerful around learning. Um, yeah, and, and 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 at the minute of it is this sort of this this tactical skill stuff. Like, we just want players to be able to experience it, and you don't necessarily always need to do it in the challenge. It's about trying it. It's about exploring it. We've kind of um, cleverly worded the challenge Um we can start to differentiate a little, little bit as well. Uh, we certainly will in the sort of next sort of versions a bit. And then just using video, the power of video. I mean, come on, sport, like start learning from like what's happening in the rest of the world. Let's use the video so we can we can just connect and we can get excited and just do some amazing things and create some amazing memories. So my, I am like, I think it's a William Webb Ellis moment, if I'm perfectly honest. I think it's like the equivalent of somebody picking up the ball and saying, maybe we should like run and pass with this. To use technology around player development, I think is like, so it's easy accessible. So you can just get it whenever you want. You don't have to wait till Sunday. 
You don't have to wait till Sunday to like five to ten and think, oh, it's been frosted off again. Oh, the pictures are waterproof. Like, like this is with you all the time. I'm I'm really excited. I'm excited because uh, I think obviously we're starting rugby because it's a sport we know, but it'll flip really easily into lots of other sports and other environments. So this could be a parent-child thing. And it's clearly we want to really focus around the, the sort of blended approach to development. So the tech tax stuff, obviously, like we want you skillful in rugby. We want you to understand where it fits into the game. But the physical development and the and the psychological brain skills sort of well-being stuff is like it's it's in there isn't it it's just like and it's my i'm like super excited <laughs> i'm excited uh, i just did a hit session this morning and uh, <laughs> yeah i think yeah man, I, look, I, I agree with all of that and i think the fact that we can yeah just it'll i just think of my kids and go for them to be having this really individualized experience meeting them where they are like preparing them for where the game's going is would be class and it would really 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 help their coaches yeah and that's the other thing and i know we're working on something that's probably a bit more top top secret around some coach development stuff but yeah i mean just clearly our our, our aim is for these coaches to be a community and in my view is they're going to have the best coach development experience ever in the world in any sport because not only are they like we're sort of nudging them around their behaviors because of the challenges towards the players, but our aim is to create a real strong community of these coaches where we're looking to support them. Like, how are you doing on this? Like, how can we share? And yeah, I think like governing bodies might want to be mindful of it and watch out a little bit because people might make some decisions and go, well, actually, I'd like maybe the level two is not that strong because like already learned that plus like a hundred other things through the experience of just being in this this coaching community um through the play development app mate i said <laughs> like i should have i think i got to save that because that's that's good sense speech that that's like pretty powerful yeah and I if anyone the- wants to reach out like just drop us a line we're doing it with a smaller number of clubs to start in like end of august start of september so info at the magic UK and you mentioned mental skills like how much do you want to talk about with the, the red to blue stuff? Yeah we're just sort of scoping out aren't we? We're both identified that coach education, coach development, play development stuff is, there's probably some gaps around psychological skills, brain skills, mental skills, whatever you want to call it but it's I'm, I'm noticing on the um, that the tech tax stuff and the physical development stuff is is probably gone way past the the psychological skills um, in lots of environments, possibly less so in the professional game, but even then, I think the other stuff would be ahead. But in the community experience that that people have within their sort of community club across all sports, I think I think coaches would benefit from some support around their skills and their understanding around how you develop um, psychological skills in, in both in themselves. And then in, in their players or in their teams. So, yeah, we're, we're excited hanging out with um, some, like, amazing people around the um, sort of red to blue, the gays and stuff. Our intention is to, like, move pretty quick on it. Like, can we sort of come together, magic fire it a bit, and have something that's going to be really helpful to my mate Danny? You know, the guy I sort of hang with every Sunday morning. You would benefit from sort of knowing some stuff. Um, that's going to better inform them to, to make some better decisions. Why, what's your views? Uh, yeah, all of that and more. Uh, 
I don't think it's that well. <clears throat> I've spoken to quite a lot of coaches about it and players about it and professional players and um, and a player that played for the British and Irish Lions and played international rugby and said, I wish I would have done that. I mean, for the sake of small sum of money, um, it would have definitely uh, changed his... Uh, well, he did all right. He played for the British and Irish Lions, but it, but it could have been even better. Um, and coaches and parents and just anyone really understanding how your brain works and how you can help yourself a bit more. Yeah, and I, I mean, and the thing I love hanging with the guys with sort of Martin and Bean stuff, it, it's just such a, and when I say simple, I mean it in it's, it's a huge compliment to them. The fact that they've simplified this really like this scary subject around psychology, even the word like freaks people out, doesn't it? So um, they've simplified it into some tools and it's like, it's not the answer to everything, but really useful, helpful um, tools that's going to support you as a coach on the, and, and the players. So our intent is that this is actually like, we're going straight to the players with it. Like we're kind of bypassing the coaches, parents and things. So we definitely got to think for the grown-ups. But we've also, oh, legend, mate, my son's just bought me a cup of tea. That's like 18 years really? of like, that's, that's it. I mean, that's 18 oh, years of good coaching. Yeah, he's just bought me a tea. What I can't believe he's up at 10 o'clock. Um, wow. Last thing, uh, Selby Bristol last night, what are your thoughts? I didn't actually watch the game, so I'm not trying to skip the question, but like, I'm yeah, probably not surprised. I think Sale would bring some stuff where, um, you know, you, you'd kind of plan for it a bit, but you probably get a bit of a shock, like this shock and awe thing um, that somebody famous once said around how they play their physicality. And possibly, and I don't know, um, so, but like we spoke a little bit about it, like maybe teams need to adapt a little bit more in the moment when they play against them. Uh, and probably be a bit creative. I think people have been played quite safe against teams like Sale. They'll sort of talk about, oh, we just got to work harder, match their physicality, that type of stuff. And of course, you, you do. I'm not stupid. I, do, I am aware of rugby union. I, it is a physical game and there's some certain nuts and bolts of the game that need to be in place. But I, yeah, I would probably pull some rabbits out the bag a bit and definitely be preparing the team to be adaptable on the day. Like, what stuff are you seeing? Type stuff. Why? What's your views? You've obviously spent some time a bit with Bristol Avenue, and same really. Like, um, I think they'll watch the game back and go, "Oh, we missed some opportunities to kick into into some particular places." And I'm I'm definitely wondering why they wouldn't be able to do it in the game. And I do I think Sal do do shock and awe. Like, I was shocked last night. Like, they, I didn't know what they'd had for breakfast, but they were so physical. And you put two curries together as well, you know, and it is like ridiculous. Like yeah, the just thing is, those two lads played schoolboy rugby together. Like it's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, Br Bristol just need to work out how they can adapt stuff in the game. Would be my view. Yeah, because they've obviously got like you know they've got a real strong framework, got good understanding around their framework, got some outstanding players that that kind of make the magic happen a bit. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, um, and it's always a question as coaches, isn't it? Like, and you've already mentioned, like, what's your next option type stuff? Um, well, let's just call it tactical for Christ's sake. Let's call it what, what it is. Like, how tactical are you as a coach? It'd be really interesting to sort of, because there's lots of tables, isn't it? I've been looking at lots of tables recently about who does what and all that sort of stuff. I've never ever seen a table for who's the most tactical. I know it's quite, it's reasonably 
I don't think it's definitely not impossible to measure, but I'd be really interested to find, actually, I'm going to ask you, like, who's the top three tactical teams and like, where, whereabouts are they in the league? So what, what does it afford you being tactical? I can tell you who isn't tactical. <laughs> it's quite a long list, I would imagine. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at, uh, I'm looking at sentiment at the moment and like, I love the way they play. But they only have one option. Yeah. That I think, yeah. That I think they believe in. Um, <clears throat> I think Exeter are developing options at the moment. I think they've started to be able to add to the stuff they'd previously done. Um, I think Bath are struggling with it. So I think Bath have got this way of playing that will win them a certain number of games with their forwards. And then, but then, of course, if you've got some of your players missing, which Bath do, or if, you know, let's say, you know, whichever club it is, like you're missing your starting fly half. You know, and you look at that across a lot of clubs and that's the case. So, yeah, when when Bath were missing Reese Priestland or when um, Saints were missing um, your mate, then then suddenly there weren't there were slightly different teams. But again, you've got to can't just have one plan because like it's really different, isn't it? Like Orlando Bailey versus Reese Priestland are two completely different players, in my opinion. So I haven't answered your question. Are the Crusaders? Yeah, I mean, they're not in the Prem, but yeah, I get that. I, yeah, I do think... Who do you think it is in the Prem? Uh, I go with you. Like, I think Chiefs are really developing some options. Um, I mean, I used to struggle to watch them a bit. I actually love watching them now. I mean, it definitely helps they've brought it in a bit of... They've sprinkled some magic in what was a machine, really, but they've definitely got some... They've definitely got some magic. Um, Clear like Quinns. I think Marcus is the most sort of adaptable, both... And people just think, oh, it's just scale. He's in the moment. But no, mate, it's, it's tactical. Like, he's taking lots of information. He's changing the game a bit. It's game management. It's game management as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've heard that a bit this week. And, and, and I definitely get that. I mean, they're just words generally. But and, and so somebody's talking of maybe it's Nick Evans and the guy interviewing was like just being a bit daft and stuff, just like saying, oh, he's a lot better now. Well, of course he is. Like, no shit, Sherlock. He comes from Brighton College. Finishes his last game in April. He's chucked in the Premiership in September. And people are like wondering why he's taking time to adapt. Well, of course he is. I mean, if, if anybody goes into any sort of different environment, they're going to take some time to adapt. They've got to learn some stuff. I mean, come on. Let's stop asking stupid questions. But yeah, Quinns, um, what would be one? I think Wasps at their best. I think when Jimmy Gobbiff plays, uh, I think if him and Jacob are playing, I think um, still, I think, Lee will be affording them some opportunity to sort of solve some problems and stuff. I mean, clearly the the drama is when you do lose, lose some players. Um, but I mean, the one that stands out for me is the Saracen story. Like their win ratio when the internationals play is, it is the best ever. So nobody beats them um, in terms of like from a win ratio point of view. But it's actually quite poor when they're, when they're internationals on plane. They'd be sort of bottom four a bit. Um, so yeah, I guess it, it's, it's that really that they got a real strong identity, real clarity, but probably like they probably need a different identity and different clarity when the best players on playing. Can they find other ways to win? I guess would be my question. Yeah, I think Sailor, I think Sailor adding to their significantly under Alex as well. Uh, they would have I, actually be interested to see what the stats were around offloads. I think they th- would have thrown more offloads in Bristol yesterday. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and so where well, we spoke a long time, they got a they got amazing. 
uh, talent pool. So academy guys doing great job, and we, we we know the sort of guys behind it at Sale. It's a real strong area, so they've like got a pretty good form. If if you think of it as around form, and like like they've got some good soil um, and and all of that sort of stuff. However, like you've got to put lots of things together, and I think Sale are starting to do. And I think. Alex was probably the missing piece from the jigsaw, wasn't he? Or certainly a big bit, just in terms of his experiences he's had, the attachment he has with the club, his his character, his skills. I mean, did did he ever went up Snowden, didn't they? In terms of yes, I heard that, <coughs> and I know he went to see everyone at their house as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just he's a smart leader. He's and the youngsters. I uh, just got a message off traffic work. The uh, the youngsters are doing well. I, I agree, and actually across the prem, like. Yoan Lloyd's impact last night. Maxi Jomo starting for Bath today. Um, Connor Doherty playing in the centres. Yeah, I think it's um, some good youngsters around. Eddie's going to have his work uh, picking a, a squad at, um, <clears throat> for the summer. Yeah, it, this is it. Did I speak to you about this in, in the week, just around this sort of England as in a big nation with lots of players against the smaller nations and stuff. And So somebody asked me a question about Ireland and, and one of the things... I suggested was the fact that Ireland have to make it work. So if they've only got three tight heads who were like them, then they have to really invest in those people. I think with the bigger nations and possibly we were, well, we were involved with England. Obviously, like people are really quick to go, oh, well, there'll be like, you know, there'll be somebody else. So we got, and we were, I thought we were really indecisive, not necessarily us, but like the stuff around us. I used to get, used to drive me insane. Like, come on, let's start and let's start really investing. And then also people need to know where they are. I don't think we did that well around the sort of talent stuff. That's one thing I tried to, one of the sort of the stuff from New Zealand was that um, I got the impression that everybody knew where they were. If you're Lucid and you're 24 and you're fourth in this, on the sort of like in this plan, then you know you're fourth and you've got clarity on who's coming behind you and like what's in front of you and what's expected of you. I think having that clarity within selection is really good. And um, and again, it's possibly the smaller unions. And that would include uh, New Zealand. They don't have a big playing base, no matter what anybody says. Um, but I think they they have that clarity. And people like Ireland and Scotland and others, like I think what they do really well is invest. Like, we've got to make this guy the best he can be. I think some of the unions, bigger unions, would go, well, let's just kind of wait and see a bit. Anyway... Same with coaches, eh? Same with coaches. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it is possibly. I mean, it's yeah. I, I think. Um, well, I'm not sure what the plan is. I didn't. I mean, I never understood it when I was there, really, other than when Kevin Barron was there, and Kevin would like definitely tell me what he thought and where I was and what the opportunities were. After that, um, however, I haven't been there for a while, but I think generally, if you would ask coaches like who's in touch, what's sort of going on support yeah what's your plan all of that sort of stuff um yeah there's maybe not enough clarity going around the coaching world um anyway don't enjoy cricket you're gonna have a, like a week of cricket ahead of you have you <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah every day every day uh, well not summer camps i'm gonna have said but mate we're without you so you're you're not taking the trip north you got a week off Got a week off where you end yet? It's, it's for tax, isn't it? Don't you have to leave the country or something for so many weeks a year because the because of the like the bucket loads of cash? Well, it's to it's to tidy the garage and the drawers. 
I mean, that's what people don't realize. Like, you lie on that bed because that mattress is full of cash. <laughs> like, you're just basically protecting it. That's that's what happens. True story. Mate, stay safe. Over and out.